this place full of God's praise, but we get the privilege of diving into the word of God today. And you may know that we're in a series from dust to glory. It's a survey of the old Testament. So we're journeying a lot of different places here. And we have today plus three more weeks of this series to go. And pastor Dean Herman has been our teacher through this time. And uh, we so appreciate pastor Dean. He does such a great job. Just want to let you know that once we get through the 4th of July, we will start a brand new series here. I'll be bringing a message series called I Have Questions. And so in our journey, sometimes we have questions. And if you don't have those questions, maybe somebody that you're talking to has those questions. So just that to look forward to as the body of Christ. But Pastor Dean has prepared this message for us on the book of Proverbs. So let's check out what Pastor Dean has for us. Take your Bibles, turn to the book of Proverbs. Now I'm going to start the morning by reading from 1 Kings 3. If you want to turn back there, you can, but Proverbs is where we're going to be parked for the day. 1 Kings 3, and I'm going to start with verse 5. 1 Kings 3, verse 5, and it says, At Gibeon, the Lord of, and the Gibeon is where the, the tabernacle was at the time. At Gibeon, the, the, or the tent, the Lord appeared to Solomon in a dream by night, and God said, ask what I shall give you. What did, what did Solomon say he wanted? Wisdom. Turn over to chapter 3, verse 10. 1 Kings 3, verse 10. It pleased the Lord that Solomon had asked this. He asked for wisdom. And God said to him, Because you have asked this and have not asked for yourself long life or riches or the life of your enemies, but have asked for yourself understanding to discern what is right, behold, I now do according to your word. Behold, I give you a wise and discerning mind, so that none like you has been before and none like you shall arise after you. I give you also what you've not asked, both riches and honor, so that no other king shall compare with you all your days. Now listen. And if you will walk in my ways, keeping my statutes and my commandments. What are his statutes and commandments? The word of God. Well, we want, we want all the blessings of God, but don't want to obey the word of God. He's very clear. If you will do this, this is what I'm going to do for you. And if you will walk in my ways, keeping my statutes and my commandments as your father David walked, then I will lengthen your days. Laid it out there very clearly. Now, flip over chapter 4, 1 Kings chapter 4. Conversation between God and Solomon still going. First Kings chapter 4, verse 29. And God gave Solomon wisdom and understanding beyond measure and breath of mind like the sand on the seashore, so that Solomon's wisdom surpassed the wisdom of all the people of the east and all the wisdom of Egypt. For he was wiser than all other men, wiser than Ethan the Ezrahite, and Heman and Calcah and, and Darda, the sons of Maal, and his fame in all the surrounding nations. Now listen, listen. He also spoke 3,000 Proverbs. Guess what book we're going to cover today? Proverbs. Proverbs. Well, Pastor, what is a proverb? Great question. Proverb, that's a short, clever saying that offers wisdom in some way. So today as we cover the book of Proverbs, anytime we open with a new book, we answer with four new questions. Number one, who was it written by? King Solomon, we just saw that. Verse 1 says this, chapter 1, verse 1 of Proverbs says very clearly, the Proverbs of Solomon, son of David, king of Israel. 
Now, when we get to chapter 30 and 31 of Proverbs, there's two other authors, but we'll talk about that then. All right. Number two, who was Proverbs written to? God's people. God's people. Literally, this is a book straight to you. Number three, when was Solomon, uh, when was the book of Proverbs written? Well, we know King Solomon reigned from 970 to 930 B.C. We, we know that. When did he write it during that reign? Don't know. But we know it was written sometime then by King Solomon. All right. What's the purpose of the book of Proverbs? Pretty easy. It's to develop practical and godly living skills. I say this all the time. We'll continue to say it. If you can become a man or woman of the Proverbs, you'll be a great man or woman of God. Here we go. I need to teach you something before we jump into this to help you understand what Proverbs truly, the book of Proverbs truly is. Here we go. All right, knowledge. That's knowing something, okay? You know that our first service is 845, 850. Our second service is 1015. You were here at 1015. I hope you were here at 1015. You knew that. All right, knowledge is knowing something. Wisdom, on the other hand, is living out what you know. Okay, you knew what time. You were here by then. Let me give you a great example, and just leave that up there for me, of what knowledge and wisdom is. Hi. Uh, last week, I was at the lake with my grandsons. I had Weston, Dean, and Jackson. Drew, Weston is two, Jackson is five. My son, Andrew, my oldest son, was there also. And Andrew and Jackson had taken off and gone exploring, basically. I was there with Weston. I was sitting in the water. And he was big doll. He's supposed to say big daddy, but he says big doll. Big doll. And he's trying to take that life vest off. And he was fussing about it. And I got tired of listening to him fuss. I was like, come here. Take it off. His dad was down the beach, so he couldn't see me. The boat was hiding us. So I took his life vest off. And you thought it was like a free man. Yes. And he went out in the water and he kept going. And I happen to believe a lot of times the best way to learn something is to experience it. So he kept walking, and the further he walked, the higher the water got, the higher the water got. He got to here, and he turned around, he smiled at me, big dog. And he's, yeah, look at me, how great I am. He kept going, and it got right to his chin, and he stopped. Kind of turned around and looked at me. <laughs> and I was like, you got about one more step, and you're going to go from knowledge to wisdom right here in a minute. <laughs> he took that one more step, and that water went to his nose. He said, I know he said big dog, but it's from underwater. <laughs> so I reached over, I grabbed his hand. Pulled him on back up, held him for a minute. He got his composure. He went running right back out. He got to about right here. He stopped, looked at me, turned around, and headed right on back in. <laughs> you see, a five-year-old can have knowledge, know something. And a five-year-old can have wisdom living out what he knows. But we have a major problem in the church. Okay, here we go. My grandson, he had knowledge. He knew something, but he advanced into having, say it with me, wisdom, living it out. The major problem we have in the American church, here we go, is we are full of knowledge. We know the truth of the gospel, but we refuse to show wisdom, wisdom and that's why living out the gospel. That's good, pastor. I'm leaving for a month. That's good, pastor. It is, and it's the truth. You know I've taught you the Old Testament. You know it, but we don't want to go out and live it out. You see, and God expects that once you know it, you have the knowledge to now go and live it out. Proverbs directs its instruction towards three types of people. And everybody in this room fits under one of these categories. 
Number one, it's the wise slash also known righteous. Those are who live out God's covenant. They live out God's word. Then the second is the foolish or the wicked. A lot of you fit in this category here today. Those are people who steadily opposed to God's covenant. Then you say, I'm not opposed to it. Let's let's talk for a second. If you ain't living it out, are you opposed to it? Let me make it real simple for you. The speed limit's 55. You doing 75. Are you opposed to it? Oh, I done got them now. Are you opposed to the speed limit? Yes. Yes. So you know what the gospel says you should do, but you go live out there. That is called a fool. But then the third person are the simple, or those who are lacking sense. That's the people not firmly committed, straddling the fence. Let me show you. On Saturday night, this is the way I'm going to live. But on Sunday, now I'm going to be a child of God. Don't work that way. So you literally fit into one of these. Are you that wise, righteous person who truly lives out God's word? The foolish, wicked person who's opposed to it? Or that person, like so many other church people, who try to stay out of the fence? The book of Proverbs speaks right into your life about these very things. Now, Proverbs is broken down. I broke it down into four different sections. Let's just break this down very quickly. Number one, the first one is called the introduction. And it's just the first few verses. Take your Bibles. Turn to Proverbs 1. Verse 1 was told us it was King Solomon writing. Now, verses 2 through 7 literally give us the foundation for the next 30 chapters. 1 through 31. There's 31 chapters. To know wisdom, Proverbs 1 verse 2. To know wisdom, again, wisdom, living it out. To know wisdom and instruction, to understand words of insight, to receive instruction in wise dealing in righteousness, justice, equity, to give prudence to the simple knowledge and discern discretion to the youth. Let the wise hear and increase in learning. Just because you read the Bible once doesn't mean you should stop. Okay? This is God's love letter to you. You want to read it over and over and get as much of it as you can. Where's my on? Five. Let the wise hear and increase in learning. Thank you. And the one who understands obtain guidance. Now to understand a proverb and a saying, the words of the wise and their riddles, here we go. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. Should there be a healthy fear of God the Father as in our walk with Jesus Christ? Okay, my, my, my youngest son, Jacob, sitting over here. He is 22, going to be married in just a few days. Should there still be a fear of him and his father? You, you might as well say yes, okay? And, and, and now he's now getting bigger, and he'll never be bigger than me, but stronger. And he and Andrew both, my other sons, say, Dad, we'll kick you in the knee and run. <laughs> they win, okay? And I can do it anymore. But there's still a fear, and there's this fear, parents, that you can use. You ready? And a lot of you won't do this, but here's this fear. You don't do what I tell you, I'll stop paying for everything. <laughs> there's some fear here, okay? You, start, you don't do what I say in this house, you won't get what is given from this father. One father thinks just like me. He said, amen. Okay? So you have the introduction. Now, that leads right in to the second section, chapter two. Or chapter number two is chapter one, eight through chapter nine. Listen, 
It is 10 speeches from a father to his son on how to have success and peace, listen, listen now, according to God and not according to the world. Ask my sons and now my grandsons if they get speeches from me. Well, you can ask, he's sitting right there. Do, yes, yes. They're going to get speeches. And as long as I'm paid for everything, they're going to listen to the speeches. Yes, yes. But why? Because I want him to fail? No, because I want to see success. And that's exactly what it is. Ten speeches from a father to a son how to have success and peace. But here's the problem with a lot of the fathers in this room. You're going to give them a speech maybe according to the world instead of according to the word. And the reason you're going to do that is because you don't know the word enough, but you know the world very well. Come on, guys. And until you get to where you know the word, it's going to be hard to teach your kids the word to give them success and peace. Take your Bibles, turn to Proverbs 1. Look at verse 8. And let's see how these speeches from a father start to a son. Hear, my son, your father's instruction, and forsake not your mother's teaching. For they are a graceful garland for your head and pendants for your neck. My son, now listen to him, he jumps right into the speech. If sinners entice you, do not consent. If they say, come with us, let us lie and wait for blood. Let us ambush the innocent without reason. Like Sheol, the holding place for those who are going to die, spend eternity in hell. Let Sheol, let Sheol, like Sheol, let us swallow them alive and whole, like those who go down to the pit. Same thing. We shall find all precious goods. We shall fill our houses with plunder, throwing the lot among us. We will have all one purse. What's the father saying? When evil people try to entice you, what do you do? Uh-uh. But you know why so many fathers will never have this speech? Because you've been the one running to the evil instead of walking away from it. And when you're teaching your kids to run to evil, you know what they're going to do when they grow up? Run to evil. Because the apple don't fall far from the tree. I'm leaving in a month. I can say what I want. I'm good. I'm, I got, I'm, here we go. Keep going. My son, do not walk in way with them. Hold back your foot from their paths, for their feet run to evil and they make haste to shed blood. Is that a great speech from a father to a son? Is that a great speech from a father to a son? Yes, Yes. flee from evil, don't run from it. First Thessalonians tells us, flee from all appearances of evil. Get away from it. Because perception is reality. Now, what he just taught, this father teaching the son, this is called biblical wisdom. If you remember last week, I broke down the book of Psalms into seven different categories. And one of those categories was, I did too good a job last week and I just set that up perfectly, help a brother out. Psalms had seven different categories and one of them was biblical wisdom. That's exactly what's being taught. It's how to live in order to honor God and others. Why should we worry about honoring others? Could it be because the Bible says to honor others above yourself? And what you need to understand is that when you begin to honor others above yourself, God gets in a really good habit of having others honor you. Now, here's a speech that I wish fathers would have with their sons, but they don't have these speeches. Proverbs 6. Proverbs 6, verse 24. What is the job of a godly parent? To give their kids everything they want. No, that's not in the Bible. 
to raise their kids to know the word, to know Jesus, the word. Is it their job to help them to live like everybody else in the world? Chapter six, verse 24. To preserve you from the evil woman, from the smooth tongue of the adulteress. Do not desire her beauty in your heart. Do not let her cap- capture you with her eyelashes. Do you understand what he's saying? I don't care what she has hanging out. Don't let it grab your heart. My wife has literally stopped me from walking up to women, some of them actually at five point before, and saying, what do you cost an hour? Because if you go dress like one, why not treat you like one? I'm leaving for a month. I'm good. I'm, I'm good. <laughs> for the price of a prostitute's only a loaf of bread. You got it hanging out? This is what you're worth. Hear what he's saying? See, but most dads are staring and glaring instead of teaching their kids to walk away from it. But a married man hunts down a precious life. Can a man carry fire next to his chest and his clothes not be burned? Yeah, go ahead. Go deal with that prostitute. Go ahead. You think you can carry a hot burning fire on your chest and not get burnt? Keep going. Or can one walk on hot coals and his feet not be scorched? So is he who goes to his neighbor's wife. No, no. So is he who goes into his neighbor's wife. And he ain't going into the house for a Bible study. None who touches her will go unpunished. Guys, I've dealt with a lot of affairs in my life and none of them ever turn out good. Ever. He is teaching his son, don't let her butt and boobs grab you. Let her heart be what grabs you. It doesn't say it here, but I'll just say it the way that it is. Butt and boobs drop. The heart can remain the same. And to be honest, with the right price, butts and boobs can remain the same now today too. All right, just throwing that out there. All right. So the first of all, you have an introduction. Then you have these 10 speeches from a father to his son. Number three, you have a list of ancient Proverbs. Guys, there are over 500 Proverbs from chapters 10 to 29. Now, I need to teach you something about these Proverbs, okay? They are not a formula, but a probability. Two times two equals four, every time. You may have got it wrong, but it still equals four. What he is saying here, what what, what I'm trying to teach you is, I have been around those parents who have raised their children in a very godly way, and that child still turns out a hellion, okay? That is very, very seldom the case. Majority of time, you raise your child to be a godly child, they're going to be a godly child, okay? But you need to understand that Proverbs are not promises. But they are very good probabilities, okay? So I, I just, I, and, I, and I said that for this, because I've been asked, moms, boo-hooing, pastor, I brought my kids up to know Jesus. I read the Bible to them. I took them to church. And pastor, they've turned into hellions. But understand the Bible, all, we'll talk about that in a minute. So it's just understand that they're not promises, but they're very good probabilities. So what I want to do now is just walk through some of these Proverbs. Don't have time to turn. Let's just kind of walk through these real quick. All right, here we go. Proverbs 10. The Proverbs of Solomon. A wise son makes a glad father. 
But a foolish son is a sorrow to his mother. I have believed that all three of my children should have jobs. My bad. Do you know how good it is when people come to you, your child's employer, and says, man, I I wish I could hire Jacob full time. He is so honest. He is so polite. He works so hard. Do you know what that does for a father's heart? That's exactly what he's saying. A wise son makes a glad father. I don't want someone coming to me. Let me tell you something. I regret the day I hired your son. He's a thief. He never shows up on time. He's lazy. He's worthless. That's my boy. (laughs) That's not what he's saying. A wise son makes a glad father, but a foolish son is a sorrow to his mother. I've dealt with those moms weeping over their foolish sons. Treasures gained by wickedness do not profit, but righteousness delivers from death. So he's talking very clearly about a son and righteousness. Proverbs eleven thirteen. Whenever whoever goes about slandering reveals secrets. Don't you love when people come to you and say, you know, you really need to pray for this person. Let me share to you what's going on. And why don't you get your butt in the prayer closet and shut your mouth and go pray for him? Whoever goes about slandering reveals secrets, but he who is trustworthy in spirit keeps the thing covered. I'm not going to start Dust of Glory when I get back in July. I'm going to wait till September. And during the summer, I'm going to do some topics. And I can promise you one or two of those are going to be about the mouth. Because the church has lost its voice when it comes to Christ. But you're destroying the witness of the church with the rest of your time. Keep going. Whoever loves discipline loves knowledge, but he who hates reproof is stupid. You're stupid. Well, I don't want to read the Bible because, man, it just it steps on my toes. Well, it says you're stupid. You're stupid because God only disciplines his children. So if you don't want to get disciplined, you might be saying you're not one of his. I don't discipline your children. I discipline my children. And my children have heard this for years. And you call it arrogant if you want. You're a Herman. Act like it. There have been times that I'm going to say it. You're a five-pointer. Act like it. You're a child of God. Act like it. Quit going out and acting like the world where your father is heartbroken instead of making him a proud, proud father. Proverbs 13, 14 says this. The teaching of the wise is a fountain of life that one may turn away from the snares of death. The teaching of the wise. What are the teachings of the wise? Come on, church. There it is. Keep going. The fear of the Lord is a fountain of life. We should have a healthy fear that one may turn away from the snares of death. You know, there are times that I do believe my three children said, I ain't doing that. My dad would kill me. I ain't no way I'm doing that. Praise God, I did a good job. Some of you think that being a friend to your kid is what they need. They need you to be a mom and dad so later in life they can be your friend. But right now they need you to be parents. Proverbs 15, says it this way. Without counsel, plans fail, but with many advisors, they succeed. It ain't like I got up one day and said, you know what? I think we'll buy a shopping center. No, this has been in the works for four years with a lot of counsel. Proverbs 16, 18. Pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. Proverbs 17, 28. Even a fool who keeps silent is considered wise. Even a fool can be considered wise. When he closes his lips, he is deemed intelligent. What's God saying about our mouths? Keep them shut. Proverbs 20, 19. Whoever goes about slandering reveals secrets. 
Therefore, do not associate with a simple babbler. I wonder how many of you would be considered simple babblers because all you do is slander others. Proverbs 21, 19. It is better to live in a... Had to pick this one. (laughs) It's better to live in a corner of the housetop than in a house shared with a quarrelsome wife. And all the men said... I'm leaving for a month, ladies. I'm good. (laughs) Proverbs 22 says this. Train up a child in the way he should go. Even when he is old, he will not depart from it. So for these parents who have come to me and said, Pastor, I don't understand. We, we were like, give them time. Because my Bible says what? I'm not depart from it. They're the prodigal child. You keep praying. You keep living. You keep being the example. You keep doing things God told you to do. And God will do his part. Proverbs 28, 9. If one turns away his ear from hearing the law, what's the law? I got mine somewhere. If one turns away his ear from hearing the law, even his prayer is an abomination. Now, don't worry about reading the Bible. You're good. Go ahead. Just turn your ear to the Word of God and get on Netflix and Facebook for eight hours a day and then have an emergency in your life and start praying. What did it just say? They're an abomination. Guys, I didn't write this stuff. So those are just some of the 500 proverbs that are listed from King Solomon. So you had your introduction, you had 10 speeches from your father, then you had all of these practical ways of living. And you'll be honest, it literally covers just about every area of life. And then number four, the fourth, is you have two men who write chapter 30 and chapter 31. Progress of Augur is chapter 30, and Lemuel, chapter 31. Now, what you see here is he has been reading the Bible, and he has biblical wisdom from the Scriptures. That's chapter 30. In chapter 31, he's a non-Israelite king, and he's gotten wisdom from his mother, and he talks about how to have noble character. Women, if you could read Proverbs 31 and be her, God would be very pleased. Now, I want to finish this morning with a challenge. And it's a challenge to be a Proverbs man or woman of God. Here we go. Number one, for the month of June, I'm going to lead the way. I'm going to do this very thing. The month of June, read the Proverbs of the day. So if it's June 1st, what proverb do you read? Proverbs 1. If it's June 12th, what proverb do you read? There we go. Okay. Then that day, apply one of the Proverbs, one of the things that is said, turn it from knowledge into wisdom. In other words, go out and live it that day. Now remember the first 10 chapters are speeches, or first nine are speeches. So when you go on through those speeches, you can dig out some gold nuggets. Then when you get into the 500 Proverbs, you have that just proverb after proverb after proverb. Dig into that chapter, find one, and try to live it out. Here's an example. Proverbs eleven twenty four. read this with me. One gives freely, yet grows all the richer. When he's talking about gives, what's he talking about giving? Here we go, money. One gives freely, yet grows all the richer, and another withholds what he should give, and only suffers one. Whoever brings blessing will be enriched, and one who waters will himself be watered. What is the Bible telling? If you go give, what's going to happen? You're going to receive. Good job. Keep going. The people curse him who holds back grain, but a blessing is on the head of him who sells it. So if you read that on that day, June 11th, okay, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to go find somebody to give to. How many of you have ever felt something inside of you say, go pay for that person's gas? How many of you ever felt? Okay, okay. 
I'm not going to ask who didn't do it because it's probably the majority of you. I can promise you that it's not from the flesh. The flesh doesn't say, go pay for somebody else's gas. That comes from the Holy Spirit. The flesh says, why don't they come pay for my gas? The Holy Spirit says, go pay for their gas. So when you feel that, and it says, and those who hold it are like an enemy. What I'm asking you to do on that day is go out, and when you feel that prompting, go do it. Well, what if you don't feel that prompting? Go do it. Why? Listen, I say this all the time. Does God test us? Yes. Why? To promote us. Let's say it's the 27th. A continual dripping on a rainy day. Men, write down June 27th. It's a big day. A continual dripping on a rainy day in a quarrelsome wife or alike. To restrain her so is to restrain the wind or to grasp oil in one's hand. How do you grasp oil? You don't. So June 27th, ladies, I'm asking you to take this one right here. I'm not going to nag one time on June 27th. Not one time am I going to nag. It's not going to happen. Men, write that date down. Use it. Now, for the men, June 27th, iron sharpens iron, and one man sharpens another. I see Todd Maris, a good friend, a golf buddy, sitting right there. On June 27th, I can text Todd. Todd, how you doing? Read your Bible. Todd, how you doing on sharing the gospel? Todd, iron sharpens iron. So what I'm saying, what I'm challenging is read a Proverbs of the day and then do what? Go live it. That's it. Is the Bible true? Every single word of it. Finish with this. Proverbs 3, 9 through 10 says this. Honor the Lord with your wealth and with the first fruits. That's your 10% of all your produce. Then your barns will be filled with plenty. Verse 10. Then your barns will be filled with plenty. What we want to do is not honor the Lord our wealth, but we want God to fill our barns. Now, it's hard to say that on a day that we just took up $1.2 million. But this is what I've come to find out. A lot of people will give to a building they just won't give to God, which I don't understand. If you truly want to begin to be a man or woman of God, you've got to learn to give.